Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. All right, everyone. I'm here with Mr. Hutan Shahidi of Crossover Dental Enterprises, what I like to call CODE. Crossover Dental Enterprises is way too long of a word. It is. It is. That's why CODE is a perfect acronym. Yeah. So, um, Hutan is an expert in medical billing. In fact, he leads all the medical billing programs at 3D Dentists. Uh, And uh, so, tell us, why are you passionate about medical billing? Uh, passionate about it because it's a, a great way to help patients make uh, sometimes very difficult treatment affordable. Yeah. It helps offices bring in a different revenue stream that they're not tapping into. Uh, and it also helps with case acceptance, which ties into being able to help patients. Okay. So what led you to get into medical billing? I was consulting in California uh, after being an office manager for uh, a number of for a dental practice. Yeah, several dental practices uh, from about 27 to about 31 uh, age-wise. And then uh, I was looking for something that dental offices were not good at, that maybe I was good at. You're looking to fill a niche. Yeah. And uh, so I saw, okay, this was, you know, medical billing is something that most offices don't seem to be doing. Uh, but it could be a help. So that's how it started. I started locally in Los Angeles with friends and family and getting, you know, kind of it set up, trying to figure out how to scale it. Uh, so trial and error period. That was for about a year. Uh, and then in 2013, I started Code. Okay. And your your company is dedicated just to medical billing for dentists? Correct. Okay. And how many clients would you say you have and how many states do you work in? Uh, doctors wise, it's probably a little over 2000, about 2,100. Okay. Uh, that's about 700 practices because okay. some practices are husband and wife or family or multiple 10, yeah. 15 associates. Uh, we've have offices that big, um, and it's 45 States or 46 okay. States. So would you say, would it be fair to say that you have good experience in most States in the country? Yeah, I would say majority, yes, are good. Okay. So if somebody wanted to call you and find out about how good medical billing is or some of the nuances of their particular state, you'd be more than happy for them to yeah, do that? Yeah, totally. Um, I, I wouldn't want somebody to go down a route that may not be uh, beneficial for them in the way that they suspect. So one of the things that I try to at least set up in the conversation is expectations right. of what you really should be expecting in your area, yeah. historically based on our data, of course. You know, I think of all the things that we do at 3D Dentist, medical billing is probably the one thing that people come in with the most uh, myths about. That's true. And uh, because, you know, quite frankly, they probably heard from so many different people that it doesn't work. You know, along that line, what are the obstacles that are holding dentists back from doing medical billing? 
some, some dentists that call us think that it might be too much work for their team. Okay. Uh, you know, my team is already busy uh, calling patients, scheduling, treatment planning, case accepting, doing all this stuff. How then are my, am I going to layer this in? Uh, so that'll be that's typically one obstacle that they refer to. Another one is this myth okay. that oh, it doesn't work. Like you'll never get paid. Like I've heard from another dentist from another dentist that it's illegal or it doesn't work or they never pay. Or right. My my favorite is when people say, "Well, all my patients have high deductibles." I'm like, "So none of your patients work for corporate, you know, for corporate America." Or, or you know, sometimes I'll ask when somebody says that, "I'll be like, oh, you already do medical benefit checks in your office?" They're like, "No, I've never done one." Yeah. So I'm how like, do you well, know? How do you know? Yeah. You just- so they probably check their own deductible as self-employed dentists, and, and you know, high, we yeah. probably have six, seven thousand sure. dollars deductibles. So. But that doesn't represent corporate America. And what would be another obstacle that you're finding? Would it be would be something along having predictable systems in a practice? Uh, systems, workflow, um, a consistent workflow that you that you stick to. Um, the, I was here two weeks ago uh, in Raleigh. We missed you, by the yeah. way. You were not here, and uh, went out with one of our uh, uh, former uh, students from or, or dentist close by, yeah, who came with Ralph. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's he's been to things and. We were with another dentist, and you know, I think at some point, one of one of them, their office manager, was sort of uh, demoralized by about three or four months of denials, deductibles, mm. and stuff. Coincidentally, at almost the same time, it had happened to Ralph, but they just kept firing. Yeah, November, December. Yeah. Oh my. Oh my. Yeah. So had he given up, think about what, or if his office manager had given up, think about what they would have left on the table. You know, it reminds me of my story of medical billing. Yes. You know, similar. When I first started, I had met you in California, uh, in uh, Dana Point, actually, and and we started with medical billing, and I had somebody in my office, quote unquote, in charge of it, and the first couple of months, three months even, we got nothing or very little. You know, and basically at that point we deemed that it didn't work and we quit, you know. And then, you know, me being resilient and never giving up, essentially, especially when other people tell me they're doing it. You know, at that point, I'm like, if they can do it, I can do it. And, you know, and then what happened is we started again and the same thing. First couple of three months, very, very little results. But then this time we just kept through it. I just kept telling the team, just keep doing it, keep doing it. And it was just like this this upside down cliff, like suddenly we were just going like this and then boom, it went up. And and then we've just been continuous since then. But one of our keys was just being consistent and letting the system work and giving it time. Mm -hmm. You know, in fact, I think one of the things we talk about in our training programs is that, is that you have to be committed for six months uh, to really start seeing the results. Would you think that's fair? Six months and then also be prepared for these cycles, right? So you should expect unusually good success in November, December. Yeah, Q4. Just like when you're submitting Q1, yeah. you should expect there's deductible still in play and yeah. all these other things. And that's just part of it. Yeah. So it's understanding how medical insurance works. Yeah. I mean, very, uh, you know, it's a little different from dental insurance because dental insurance, we Hard don't really... More than a little. Right. Well, well, you know, in dentistry, we don't really have these deductibles. Or if the deductible's there, it's $50. 50 bucks. You know, it's essentially non-existent. So we're not used to that from that sense. Uh, the other thing with medical compared to dental is with dental insurance, typically they they just pay, mm-hmm. you know. And with medical insurance, there's a thing called medical necessity mm-hmm. where they have to do that. So what are the best ways for a dentist listening to this to overcome these common obstacles? Uh, one is obviously education. Okay. Um, that could be as simple as various articles in magazines. That could be to go courses that talk about 
medical billing, um, books. I mean, online, there's a lot yeah. of resources. YouTube. Yeah, YouTube, just to get the fundamentals on you, uh, under you. So that's certainly one obstacle, um, uh, or sorry, one form of dealing with an obstacle. Um, another, probably a good way to, uh, really assess the medical billing thing is thinking about the procedures that you do. Mm-hmm. A lot of dentists think, well, and I just got an email like this the other day saying like, Hey, well, it sounds like you provide a really great service, but like, I don't do anything that's billable. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, and I responded back. I'm like, well, do you do exams? 2D imaging, basic appliances for bruxism, TMD and stuff like that, and some trauma occasionally. Doctor said yes. I said, well, there's some stuff already. You know, now maybe if we talk more about it, maybe we'll discover there's some even more things that you're maybe not thinking that you can build to medical. So that comes in with the education part, Um, you know, just explaining, okay, well, what is really billable Um, and giving the dentist that opportunity to look at those things. Um, and then, you know, there's some things that dentists add over time. And so if you know medical billing, let's say, for example, if you know medical billing covers sleep apnea, and you're interested in sleep, sleep apnea, apnea, let's go that way. Um, like I, in our office, it was infant phrenectomies. Okay. So, oh my God, I can't believe you just said that. So my next line was going to be, um, and I'm not saying this is because of you. There's a lot of factors, sleep apnea and all these different programs uh, addressing it. But lingual phrenectomies are maybe the rookie of the year yeah, of course. in terms of 2018, in terms of like, I think in 2018 as a company, we build it more than the entire existence of the company. So the five previous years, four or five years. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so as much as this year. I yeah. mean, I probably, we probably do it 10, 15 times a day now. Wow. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's one of those claims that actually pays pretty consistently. Very consistent. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's medically necessary. Very medically necessary. Most PPO policies, if the child is under a year, it's pretty much built in. Uh, good, good, good chance it's going to go. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D Dentist Digital Implant Continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com Check out our upcoming sessions and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now let's get back to this week's episode. One of the obstacles, uh, one of the things that allowed me to overcome the second time around with medical billing is I stopped thinking fancy. 
you know, when I started medical billing the first time, I was thinking about, oh, my extraction case, my full art extraction cases, my complex cases, my super medically compromised patients. And while all of those are potentially true, what I, what I learned was getting simple exams, imaging, some of the things that, quite frankly, we were giving away in our office, some of the things that are very simple that we're literally doing dozens of times per day. She and, but what I tell people is they don't pay the big numbers. They just pay the, the regular, they pay more smaller numbers much more consistently. And I think the saying I always say is I'll $10 you to death or yeah. I'll $20 yeah. you to death. Uh, and, and $20 times 10, 20 times a day adds up to a, a good amount of money. So, yeah, uh, you were good at that. You were good at staying with those uh, uh, core fundamentals. Yeah, uh, we used to get into some great battles back then. Yeah. I'm glad I lost. Yeah, because uh, remember, I was like, "Oh, dude, let's just come out the gate with sinus lifts." Oh, this yeah. is you know. But but those see to me, what happens there is it's it's a telltale sign to me. Okay, when people unless when general dentists build those procedures to medical. It's not that it doesn't work. The problem is you don't do those. You don't do most GPs don't do those procedures regularly. And certainly so, not 10, 12 times a day. How good are you going to be at any, anything? Anything, medical billing included, specifically, if you're only doing it once every couple of three weeks and you file literally like four or five claims a month, you're not going to sure. have that. You're not going to have success. Sure. You know. So what about? Overcoming the obstacle of, of my team doesn't have time. I don't want to do this in house. What would be what would you be be your well, suggestion? That's, that's where we could help. Uh, a friend of yours and I's, uh, uh, Sully Plug. Um, <laughs> Sully texted me and something came up. He was like, "Oh, um, oh, so about benefit checks?" He was like, "You know, sometimes your benefit checks take a few hours." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, because we get so many and there's a queue and mm -hmm. all this." Um, so he's like, "Oh, well, why don't I just have my person call?" I'm like, "Well, you're welcome to, but." I don't know if that person wants to sit on hold for 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm happy to show you how to do it online in 30 seconds. Yeah. Point of it is, though, that let's say if you didn't know that and you're trying to do this on your own and you didn't know how to do it online, what codes to put in, what, you know, you've seen right. this, what yeah. diagnosis codes to put in, this could become a very daunting, quick oh. 20, 30 minutes gone. And it's e real easy for a team member to give up and tell you it doesn't work. And for you as the dentist who's got your head in the patient's mouth, you know, five, four or five days a week to just say, okay, it doesn't work and to continue to do what we've always done. Yeah, so a third party could help in terms of that time uh, of benefit checks, staying on the phone, doing the pre-auths, whether that's online or yeah. on the phone. Then, of course, filing the claim with a certain level of expertise. I think it's about the follow-up on the claims. Then, yeah. Then the final one, the most important one, is that follow-up. You know, do you know how to deal with the policy, what to say, how to control the conversation, uh, how to get past a lot of their tricks? Uh, uh, you know, f for example, my team, and I'm, I'm sure your team, Melissa, in particular, knows, you know, f for example... When well, she knows, like, who to call with a certain type of claim. Oh, yeah, because there's certain people, like, the first-level person who picks up the phone will be like, oh, well, we don't see any sleep tests attached with this claim. And you're like, no. Go look at the, you know, you tell yeah. them essentially what to do and they'll be like, oh, sorry, we found it. Okay. Yeah. You know, that sort of stuff, those tricks. That just comes all, through repetition. A lot of repetition. Yeah. So what I always tell everybody is in the beginning with medical billing, more so than anything else, is you start by outsourcing it. In other words, get your internal workflow about what to bill, when to bill, what notes to write, all of those things. Get those worked out. Don't worry about the the nuances of billing and all of those things. Let a professional do that. And then once that you see that this is actually working and makes sense, then insource it. 
you know, then go ahead and consider bringing in your own medical bill sure. or, or carving out time for your own dedicated team member to do it. And that's what we did. And that's where we found the most success is by getting our clinical workflow in place, outsourcing the administrative side of it to, to your company. And then once we reached a, a point where it made sense to have somebody inside, then we brought somebody inside. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that's a, certainly a flow that works. And quite frankly, what most people find is, is that a lot of times they don't want to do the internal billing, but they definitely want to control what gets billed <clears throat> through a company. Sure. So what would success uh, look like for a dentist that implements medical billing? How would they know they're being, you know, what can they expect from that? What benefits would they have? Uh, so from the money standpoint, uh, typically what we're seeing conservatively, if the, if the office has a good mix of some exams, some, mm -hmm. some 3D imaging, a little oral surgery, maybe an appliance here and there. Um, it, it pretty conservatively, it could add about 10%. So straight so up. So if a practice doing a million dollars, you they could can add look at 100 grand. grand in collections. Okay. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, now, I want to I point out one thing, if you don't mind. Is this, and, and I think this is what's lost in all the talk about medical billing, is that this additional revenue comes without seeing any more patients. Sure. This is revenue from existing, existing patients, patients from existing procedures that you're already doing, oftentimes many of the procedures that we're just giving away for free, or procedures that where medical actually pays significantly better than dental insurance. And to me, the biggest one by far, the two biggest ones that I see are exams and cone beam. Okay, most dental insurances don't pay for cone beam, but medical insurances do. And most dental insurances pay pennies or you know tens of dollars on exams, but medical insurance can start paying in the 80, 90, in the, you know, for in our example in the state of North Carolina, close to $150 for a level three exam. Much closer to most dentists you see are. Certainly yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, historically on, uh, and, on. And honestly, it values our time a little bit more normally. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because physicians complain that it doesn't pay enough. Well, we, we've been beat, <laughs> we've been beaten down so bad by MetLife, basically, yeah. that it's that way. So, so from the money side, certainly there's that. But what else? What if I, what if the dentist says, "Hey, listen, man, I'm making plenty of money. I'm, my revenue is great. Although it can always be greater." Uh, what are the other benefits for them? So, if that is the argument from the dentist, I get it. Um, but probably the other part is let's look at it from the patient side. Right. You know, what can you do to satisfy that patient or give a better patient experience? So, yeah. You might be wealthy as the practitioner, very well off, and life is great, but that patient who just paid five grand at your office for X case, maybe if you get two, three grand of that back, that's even five hundred dollars. Five hundred. What patient says no to getting a bonus of five hundred dollars? Might bucks. be one month car payment for yeah. them. Two grand. It might, might be, be the next crown for them. It, it might, might be, the, be the next quadrant of fillings for them. It might be the next root canal. Yeah. You know, ultimately, do more dentistry. You know, ultimately, I always say this: is at the end of the day, our boss is the patient. Mm -hmm. And anything that we can do to make it, to remove a barrier for the patient to say yes, it's good. Okay. Now, if we can generate more revenue at the same time, even all the better. Right. You know, and, and, and it's, it's worked out great for us. You know, I, I can think of several patients where, you know, they did the dentistry and, you know, and it, and it was a lot of money and it held them back. And we were able to get medical insurance benefits and give them money back. And they didn't go spend the money on vacation. They said, great, let's get the next part done. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's really the benefit of it is one of the main benefits of it. So now, now we've talked about medical insurance, the benefits, the obstacles, all of those things. So 
ultimately the biggest benefit and you know one of the reasons we do this particular podcast is we offer training for dentists to learn how to do medical billing in a predictable, ethical, and team-oriented workflow. So tell, talk to us about what are some of the key concepts that we teach or that you teach at the, our medical billing training programs? Uh, so essentially it's one day, uh, basic okay. like 8.30 to 4.30 type course. Um, we go over all the procedures that could be billed, so the cross-coding that you okay. hear about. Uh, we go over the diagnosis codes and kind of how those two pair together because that's a very important thing. Well, what procedures and what diagnosis? So that diagnosis codes comes to medical necessity. Correct. How that fits, how that makes sense. Go over documentation, benefit checks, pre-auth, those part components. Uh, and then towards the last part of the afternoon, we really just talk about the team workflow. How does back office and front office communicate? How do they get the information out? What's a good system to follow? How do you keep it consistent? What should be your expectations? That's essentially our one day. So trying to give you a predictable system. Again, not getting fancy. What we really focus on in those courses is uh, exams. Everyday dentistry. And everyday things. So you know, sometimes people in the course will try to be like, oh, well, I have this patient who's a type 2 diabetic and I want to ex- – no, no, no. That's not that's not today. Let's go back to let's hey, go. I does did it a happen? CBCT and does I, it happen more than twenty percent of the time in your practice? Right. If if the answer is no, then listen. Let's worry about that as as the next step. Correct. Now I interrupted you for a second. You were going to mention I think the five different areas that we focus on, because one of the things right. I want dentists to understand is is that there's five key areas that we focus on and that we believe that there's a lot of success in medical billing. <clears throat> Number one is exams. You know, and and it blows my mind still to what dentists, <coughs> one of number one is exams. And it blows my mind still that some dentists don't understand that an exam is your hygiene check, your new patient exam, your limited exam, your uh, post-operative fa- exam. exam. Think about this. Just, uh, just here's a pearl for everybody. How many post-op exams do you do after extractions where you see the patient for free? Probably almost all the time. All the time, correct? And maybe close to 100 a year. Now, imagine if you get $20, $30 for each of those. It adds up. It adds up. Mm-hmm. You know, the second component, uh, so number one is exams. The second component is imaging. And by imaging, we're referring to radiographs. And that's that's not just not just fancy CBCT, although that's... PA, bite wing, PAs, bite wings, F, F, panos, cephalometrics. Now, think about this. How many times do you take out a tooth and take an x-ray? <clears throat> How many times do you take out a tooth and oh, take yeah. it and <laughs> take an absurd. X-ray and then do and you build dental. it? Do you build the X-ray? So you may not build dental, but certainly that procedure or that X-ray becomes billable to medical insurance. Right. So the, again, I come back to that simplistic point of it: is don't focus on the fancy. There's literally, you know, when we go in the workshop, when I go through the schedule a typical schedule in an office, and I say, how many claims do you see here today? Everybody's like, well, maybe four or five. I'm like, yeah, there's 20, 25 claims. Easy. You know, and we walk through each patient, and the majority of them come out of hygiene, and the secondary of them come out of our, what what we call our side column in our practice, which is typically follow-ups and all of those things. Uh, the third thing we cover, so exams, imaging, the third things are appliances, okay? And that would be things like sleep appliances, of course, but even night guards or TMD, TMD, appla- yeah. TMD or appliances, orthotics, things along those lines. Uh, those would be often billable and covered by medical insurance. Uh, the fourth area, are what I call minor surgical procedures. Uh, so that would be extractions. Uh, the biggest one to me is granuloma removal. How many times have you taken out a tooth and you cyst scrape, removal. scrape, scrape, and you take out a cyst? And you know that's just part of the extraction in the dental world, but in the medical world, 
there's an actual code for that with a diagnosis code a as well. A lot of gingivectomies being done yeah, for free. That's gingivectomies, especially around crown preps or in perio treatment even. Uh, so minor surgical procedures. And the fifth area is trauma. And I think this is the one of the most underutilized areas uh, within medical billing because... By know, far. Yeah, how many times do we have a patient, oh, man, I fell down and broke a tooth, or, you know, I bit into something and broke a tooth, and a lot of those are all considered trauma. So uh, there's oftentimes, and the beauty about trauma with medical insurance is that trauma suddenly opens up all dental codes, not just medically cross-code dental codes, but suddenly now your your crowns and your root canals and things that are traditionally not paid for by medical insurance suddenly become part of the medical insurance yeah, uh, benefits. Uh, our, our friend that I was telling you, I just visited uh, in Indiana, Depeche. Yeah. Uh, uh, we were together, and prior to me going there, he was like, hey, can you just look through my billing? He He does his own billing. Uh, and I said, yeah, there's one. He's thing. Indian. That's why I was like, there's one thing. There's <laughs> one thing that stands out. And he's like, what's that? I was like, I was like, you know, because I know how many patients you see per month. It's statistically impossible that you didn't have a trauma case. Yeah. And he goes, there's not even one. I said, no, there's not even one. And he said, I said, well, you know, is it team members that maybe are missing it or is it you? And then, you know, he's he's very straightforward. Right? He's like, yeah, it's probably me. I said, OK, this was like a Thursday. Monday, he texts me, and this lady came in, and she, you know, he's a TMJ guy, and she said, yeah, my, I have, like, TMD pain. I feel like I have joint pain. And so now, because I put it in his head, he was like, well, is there how, any, how that how happen? happen? She said, oh, four months ago, I was rear-ended. Boom. Trauma. The whole thing just changed. Then yeah. she brought her police report, and she brought her hospital report. Now that just went on a different trajectory that everything he does now for these condyles or whatever. It's potentially therapy. medically, is medically billable. billable. Yeah. So while we're on that, let me bring, bring up another point. I talk about billable, uh, things that uh, versus payable. Okay. Billable are those things that you have the right to bill. Payable are those things that you actually get a payment for. But there's a category in between that we don't count as success. And those are claims that got processed, but the payment went towards the deductible of the copay. So those are things that would have paid at a different time of year. And to me, those are the golden nuggets that we need to see when we start medical billing is to find out what procedures would have paid depending on a deductible time issue. Time of year, yeah, yeah or a deductible. Yeah, a deductible, okay. Yeah. So let's talk about, so now we've given some ideas of what we can bill, what people learn in the seminar, uh, what the benefits are. You know, if somebody's on the fence about attending, give me a reason, how would they know if this seminar is right for them? Uh, so one thing I always like to uh, kind of forewarn an office about is something that has a hand in your success that is not under your control is going to be your demographics. And what I basically tell offices is if you're on the fence, no problem. Take a week, maybe two, depending on how many patients you see per day. Every single patient that comes in, get a copy of their card, scan them all to one folder. Typically in the upper right or the lower right of the card will be the designation of the plan. And so if you are a very heavy HMO office uh, or Medicaid or office, Medicare, Medicaid office, um, you might not necessarily want to do this. Uh, you know, you Medicaid uh, doesn't have out of network benefits. You're not part of them. Uh, Medicare, while you can enroll as a dentist, same thing. If you're not part of it, they won't pay you. Uh, and that's this. And most HMOs, except for the with the exception of TRICARE, don't have out of network benefits. So you wouldn't want to do that. And that doesn't have anything to do with you're in a wealthy area or poor area. 
Uh, that's just your surroundings. Uh, Basically, with the jobs people have. Where I grew up, Woodland Hills, California, is a, a and Calabasas and Encino, this is a rich area. They're good areas, yeah. uh, but one of the largest Kaisers in LA County is in Woodland Hills. So obviously, they have very good market share in their immediate zip code where they're located. Right. Even though it's a wealthy area, just like on the flip side, I've been to some parts of that country that uh, maybe are more rural or, or you would call depressed. Um, but there happens to be one plant that makes a certain kind of car that has ridiculous medical but benefits. So if 50, union, yeah, the unions have negotiated yeah, so pretty well. if you're 50, 60%, 70%, your patients are from that plant, you're good. Yeah. You're, you're fine. Like so. we know in our, in our market here in North Carolina, 60% of our patients have Blue Cross Blue Shield, you know, a PPO type and insurance. Your, and your golden one is a state. State plans, yeah. The state plans are great teachers for Teachers and the teachers, like bus that. drivers, yeah, yeah. yeah all, they're they're great. Right. Uh, we have a couple of other employers. You know, we have some good employers. You know, I tell I tell all the team members. You know, I, I, the dentists they look at me like, well, I don't know. I, I go to all the team members. I say, you know, if I walk and give me somebody that give me, I always walk up to a team member. I go, give me a common employer that you have in your area, and they'll say Caterpillar, for example. I go, if I call you and I say, hey, I work at Caterpillar, could you tell me what my dental benefits are? And like, oh yeah, I can tell you like that this 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 they don't pay for this they do pay for that and i say when you go through this exercise that becomes apparent to you on the medical side too and we get to a point now when our patients come from xyz company you we just know we just know we know what they have we know you know and then once we know what level they are in that company we know which plan they have within that company and, and then we also we automatically know over time what what things there are right so it's no in that way it's no different than dental insurance so Anything else, Hutan? No. What else no. do you want? Last topic. What do you want to talk about? I don't. Anything you want, man. I was, you know, I, I just come back to. I, to me, it makes no sense why more dentists don't do medical billing. It's it's seeing less patients, getting more revenue, getting paid better. You know, think about like you've seen some of our claims. Bone grafts are twelve, thirteen hundred dollars. You know, exams for $150, $160. You know, trauma cases. I had a lady fall down a set of stairs at a nightclub where the uh, light bulb was out. And it was a $15,000 case. We got $7,000 back from medical insurance mm-hmm. directly to the patient. I mean, all of these things help build practices. And I think the other thing that I, I, I would definitely want to cover here is medical billing is a differentiator. And at the end of the day, when we live in a competitive environment where there's more and more corporate, quote unquote, corporate dentistry around us, more and more other dental practices around us, the name of the game is how can we differentiate ourselves? How can we be more patient centric? How can we make patients right. talk about us and refer their family and friends? And I'm not saying medical billing is the answer. No. It's just an answer. It's just one more feather in the cap where that first time you help a patient get paid for something, they're your friend for life. They're your patient for life uh, because you made life easy for them. Yeah, one of the one of the first fair. Whoa, sorry, sorry. One of the first fairly large trauma cases I ever did, um, where it was significant. I, from what I remember, it was like twelve crowns, several implants. Uh, the gentleman who was assaulted, uh, it was an assault case. Was very wealthy, uh, extremely wealthy, mm-hmm. very successful human being. Um, by no means did he need this office to help him. The office did it for to this day. I still kind of don't know why, but they did Probably it. Anyway. Their, their they workflow. Did it. Uh, so they submitted the case and it went well. And, you know, by now that night, the assault was so bad. He had gone to UCLA's trauma center, uh, saw an oral surgeon. His deductible was met. Uh, 
So that's part of the story. So when his claims started going through, he, 100% payments were coming through up to the allowed amount. Anyways, his thank you to this particular dentist was, okay, well, when I go back, I'm the CEO of the company. <laughs> Well, he really is. And yeah. I'm going to tell everyone who to go to. And it led to, because I, I, I'm still friends with that dentist, it led to like 45 new patients That's out of crazy. a couple hundred people that work who, there. Who all have the same benefits. Correct. Yeah, it's crazy. Awesome Aetna plan, I still yeah. remember. So, you know, to me, that's how you build practice. You build practice by taking care of patients and providing services for them that, that they would otherwise have to go to other places to get. And that's how you build. Yeah. Lutan, I want to thank you for coming out. That and good, if people have questions, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, so our company phone number, 818-306-5106. Uh, website is crossoverdental.com. And then my email is Hootan, H-O-O-T-A-N, at codeclaims, with an S, dot com. Perfect. Thanks, buddy. Always great having you. Awesome. Hey, podcast family. T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, let's get to this week's episode.